Hello, everybody. How's it going? This is Broke Box Office. My name is Luke. And my name is Zach. And today we're talking about the uh, 1982 classic Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker, which is a very exciting name for a very boring movie. <laughs> okay. Just getting right into it, huh? Yes. I have a lot of, I did not enjoy this movie at all. But we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Interesting. But yeah, uh, I chose it because of the name. Like, what, what a name, yes. man. Oh, it's an amazing name. Why, why do you think it's called that, though? I have no idea. My best guess is because it's like, it, it has hints of like, it sounds like a nursery rhyme or something. And there are themes of like motherhood and parent-child yeah. relationships and that. That's yeah. the only thing I can I mean, do. that tenuous connection is about as far as I could get, too. Like, yeah. I feel like the, probably what happened was they were like, oh, we have this great name for a horror movie, but we don't really know what it'd be about. And then someone yeah. else was like, I have this horror movie with no name. And they're like, all right, fine, put them together. I could believe that, yeah. It's a real Reese's peanut butter cup situation. So before we get into why I hate this movie, let's talk briefly about some of the cast. Um, I mean, right away... Uh, the biggest fella in this movie is the legendary Bill Paxton. And this is one of his first movies. Whoa, wait a sec. Who the fuck did Bill Paxton play? He is the bully. Oh, my God. The bully I on the basketball I had no team. idea. Yep. Okay. I didn't either. I didn't either. Whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> he. This is one of the first projects he ever did. Wow. Yep. And Oh, man. So if you can't tell by Zach's reaction, his role in this movie is very small. Yeah, he's in like two scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also Susan Tyrell plays sort of the lead uh, like villain. Um, she's mm -hmm. like the crazy mom who is in a ton of like culty stuff. She's uh, one of those like cult goddesses and like she's in Crybaby. Yeah. She's in... Her uh, face looks familiar. Yeah. Um, the lead... Jimmy McNichol did a lot of stuff before this. He was a relatively successful child actor, but didn't do very much okay. after this. Huh. One of those. Yeah. The only other really person of note, well, actually, no, there's two. There's Bo Svensson, who plays the detective, and Julia Duffy, who plays the girlfriend, Julie. And both mm -hmm. of them are rather successful and are still working today, which is great. Okay. Bo Svensson was in Inglorious Bastards and Kill Bill 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Julia Duffy uh, still is working, you know, in a lot of kind of network sitcom stuff. She was in Dumb and Dumber. She was in uh, that sitcom American Housewife and Daddy okay. Daycare, Scream Queens. So Scream Queens. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I okay. think she has relatively small roles in all these things. Like her role yeah, in Scream sure. Queens is Bunny Radwell. Does that ring a bell to you? It does not, but I'm about to rewatch it, so I'll keep an eye out for her. Oh, cool. But aside from that, it's mostly just I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That makes sense. Bill Paxton was definitely the big Paxton, standout for man. me when I saw that's that. nuts. Yeah. I guess we were yeah. bound to stumble across something like that eventually. <laughs> yeah. So for there actually is uh, speaking of there's kind of a similarly I mean for me at least there was a name that I recognized in the uh, I guess behind the scenes credits yeah it was Jean de Bont 
is uncredited. Apparently, he worked on this movie for one week as the cinematographer. Huh. And in the trivia, it says he filmed the decapitation scene. Uh, and I'm not sure why I remember his name. I mean, he's done some stuff that uh-huh. I've seen, but I don't know. It's not like my favorite stuff. Like he directed Speed and Speed 2 oh, wow. and Twister. Okay. Uh, and he was a cinematographer for Die Hard and uh, Flatliners and Basic Instinct. And okay. hilariously, uh, that movie Roar, where a bunch of people got like mauled by big cats. Mm-hmm. So that's somebody for sure. Yeah. He hasn't done much since 2012. Uh, the other cinematographer who wasn't him, I recognized some of his work. It's not quite up to the caliber of Jan Devant because uh, he's done the cinematography for stuff like Wild Hogs and the Santa Claus 3 and The Odd Life of Timothy Green. It's so funny to remember that films like those have cinematographers. Like someone works mm-hmm. really hard on that shot composition in the Santa Claus 3. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's oh. but he also did Free Willy uh, back okay. uh, in the Classic. whenever that came out. Yeah. Um but yeah, he hasn't also done much since 2012. Uh and then the director I didn't recognize, but he has a pretty extensive career, uh, William Asher. Uh-huh. He did a lot of TV stuff. Like he was a huge TV guy in the early TV. He was like a producer, he's a director. Uh most notably I think he directed over a hundred episodes of I love Lucy and then also bewitched. Wow. Uh, And then just like a bunch of other series and TV movies. And he, he, this is kind of weird. As I was looking this up, he died in 2012 and the other two guys like haven't worked since 2012. And I was like, Oh, what a, like a strange coincidence. That is bizarre. Cause they weren't like a unit at all. They weren't like, yeah, no, they just, you know, actually it's funny that you mentioned that because I was about to go into speaking of unit, there are five credited writers on this movie. Holy cow. Uh, none of whom did really anything else of note. And all of their other, like, as you go to their page, they all have, like, similar credits. So I think they were just doing stuff together. Yeah. And it's the same with the producers. So, okay, you know, I think they're just all, like, a team, writers, producers, doing stuff. Wow, it took five people to write this, really. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe that's why it's, like, weirdly disjointed. But yeah, and then just it was edited by a guy named Ted Nicolau, who is not super notable, except for the fact that he directed Terror Vision, which is a hilariously fun movie, which probably is also on YouTube. So people check that out. Yeah. Um, And he also uh, weirdly was in just in the sound department getting like, I think he was, you know, doing field recordings for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original? Yeah, the original. Oh, my God you know, this tiny role on this like really hugely influential movie. So that's so fun. Yeah. And then as far as the companies themselves go, uh, naturally both the original producer and distributor are out of business, (laughs) but there we go. Same old story. There is a DVD and Blu-ray release of this Blu-ray came out, I think in like 2014, Uh, they were put out by this, this company code red DVD, which uh, according to Wikipedia puts out a lot of genre stuff. But I went to their website yeah. and some some of the Flash stuff wasn't working on it, and I was able to find the store button on the website. But when you click it, it goes to some other page that is a store, but it's a store called Code Red Chemical Peels, and it seems to be <laughs> like I don't know, just like chemical <laughs> peels, like facial, like whatevers. Uh, That's amazing. And I could not find any movies on that site, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I 
I saw people um I went on on Letterboxd and which if you don't know is like a movie reviewing kind of social media site. Um I went on Letterboxd and, and was reading a bunch of reviews of this movie and a lot of people really like it and I saw a lot of people like lamenting the fact that the Blu-ray is out of print or something and Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe because the fucking company lost their mind. Yeah. They're just doing face masks now. So I don't even know how to start. Like, I have a lot of, like, macro thoughts about this movie that I don't know where to put. So I think I might save those. Sure. For the end. I don't know. I mean, we can start, I guess, by laying out the premise of there's this mom and dad. And, well, okay. I do want to address the scene, the car crash scene, because that was amazing. They spent, like, the entire budget on this movie in the first two minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 all there, and they really milk it. Um, oh yeah, the the mom and dad leave their young son alone with uh, the mom the mom's sister, I think. Yes. And there's a creepy freeze frame of the aunt as they're driving away. So I'm like, okay, she's evil, <laughs> right off the bat. You you know that she's like a psycho, and I actually kind of liked <laughs> the aunt's performance. Uh, I don't know how you would feel about that, but I thought, I mean it. It is weird because she is very creepy and very unsettling and like totally at the end, especially totally crazy. But I think the fault is, is more with the movie itself that none of the other characters really react to her. Yeah. Uh, the way a normal person would. That's what I would say too. And I have a very brief like soapbox thing about this that is going to sound a little pretentious, but like Mm -hmm. I'm an actor and, (laughs) and there's this, um, there's this idea that is a very like, 20th century like very american idea that acting is supposed to be quote-unquote realistic that acting Mm -hmm. is supposed to imitate life and i don't think that that's necessarily always true i think that acting can be a lot of things and a good example that i often use is like nicholas cage like i really unironically enjoy nicholas cage and i think he's very talented i think he's really good at what he does and i think something similar is happening here with Susan Tyrell's performance. It's very dedicated. It's very like all in, but I think I agree with you. I think I didn't enjoy it because of the packaging because the movie doesn't, doesn't want to go along with what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And because the movie to me was so boring and so like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to bring this up as we go, but like, yeah, it just yeah. was not working in the universe that she was in. Yeah, just like shout out to her for going for it. And it's a shame that uh, the rest of yeah. everyone else involved couldn't like, you know, fit in with what she was doing. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So the mom and dad, so they leave their kid with her and they're driving down the road. And they're looking at the photos of the kid while they're driving. So immediately I'm like, okay, so they're going to crash, right? Yeah. But... They don't just crash. Um, the ant has cut the brakes. And so you think, they, and they're driving along like one of those cliff roads, like, yeah. you know, you always see. Uh, they're in, in they're in like Arizona, aren't they? Or somewhere? Yeah. In the Southwest, because they mention like Sedona at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like planning on going to college in Colorado, I think he said. In Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Denver. Yeah. Yeah, they don't just, you know, lose control and drive off a cliff. They they have the old uh, 
Final Destination 2, I think, where they're behind a log truck, and they just end up crashing into the back of the log truck. The log hits the dad in the face, and then the car just is getting dragged behind the truck because mm-hmm. it's stuck on the log, I guess, and the mom reaches over and tries to, like, you know, get the wheel, and I'm, like, acting this out as I'm saying it. I just realized that. <laughs> um, anyways, the, the mom reaches over to grab the wheel, and yeah. she can't she's get it. She's screaming. She's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a great scene. Uh, yeah. The, and then the, the truck, I guess, sort of, like, flings the car off the side of the cliff, and the car falls down the cliff and lands upside yeah. down, as the cars do. So you're like, oh, yeah. no, they're dead. And then the car explodes. And then it <laughs> a explodes. huge fireball. And this and they really, really do all this. There's there's very high you know, they, they a car goes off a cliff. Like it's it's all mm-hmm. done. There's a lot of budget here. It's great. It really sets a bar that the rest of the movie can't live up to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it does. And so then we skip fourteen years into the future. Yeah. And young Billy is now 17 years old and his aunt has just been like taking care of him for his basically his whole life mm-hmm. and she comes into his room and is immediately <laughs> the worst thing i've ever seen she she looks in his like wallet and she finds a condom and she's like yeah. she gives this kind of you know disdainful look which is whatever but then she goes to wake him up and gets in bed like on top of him and starts like petting him and making cat noises. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, just, just like awful. stroking it's him. It's just really awful. Yeah, it's so creepy. Yeah, I think the other thing about her performance, for example, that doesn't really work for me is that there's so much intense subject matter in this movie that is yeah. kind of skirted over. Like there are themes of like incest and predation and abuse and, you know, uh, pedophilia and uh, homophobia and all of this stuff. And the Mm -hmm. film, first of all, the film doesn't address them basically at all or well in any way. And so a a total camp performance like the one she gives just doesn't feel like it belongs here. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this type of thing before in movies in movies of the era or movies of this type where yeah. they deal with sort of taboo subject matter in kind of a, a you know crazy kind of like B movie way. So that didn't bother yeah. me as much, I think. But I can see what yeah, I can see what you're saying. But yeah, she immediately is established pretty solidly as super weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you know, there's a bunch of creepy scenes of them. But the gist is that it's like his birthday and he wants to invite a girl over and she's like, I don't want you to ever have a girlfriend. I think she I, I don't know if it's here, but at some point she says, I'll be your girlfriend. Oh, no. He's like, yep. he wants to have a date over. and She's like, you don't need a date. I'll be your date. And I'm like, all yeah. right. How is this kid not seeing what's happening? here? Anyways. Yeah. I literally my the note that I took for the first scene is, is literally just what the fuck. Mm hmm. When she wakes him up like a cat, it just yeah. it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, the worst. But then, anyways, he's at school, and he's on the basketball team. I guess he seems to be the star player. Yeah, he's really good. You don't see much basketball playing in this movie. Like, I oh, thought there no, was going to be no. more of that, but actually, speaking of, I I don't know when I realized that this wasn't going to happen. But when the movie started, I thought that 
the plot of the movie is going to be like his aunt was so creepy and, and treated him in such a way that he was going to end up being a crazy murderer because I feel like that yeah. is more of like a traditional type of plot for this kind of movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was constantly I expecting, you know, him to like kill his coach or kill like his, you know, the bully on the basketball team or just like, yeah, you know, that's, I mean, I think up until the actual first kill happens, that's what I thought. And then I was like, Oh, never mind. Yeah. And so he's at school. He's, he's playing basketball. We also see, uh, this is when we're introduced to what's her name? Marianne. Is that the friend's name? What? Margie. 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 Um, Aunt Cheryl's friend. Oh, blonde friend the, Margie. I just referred to her as nosy lady. Cause she fucking nosy always lady, shows yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So like Margie comes over to pick up her kid who I guess Aunt Cheryl was babysitting mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Good choice. Aunt Margie. Yeah, I know. And Aunt Cheryl gives her some pickled tomatoes. And immediately when that started happening, I was like, oh, somebody's somebody's getting pickled mm. in this movie. Yeah. Like Aunt Cheryl is a <laughs> pickler. She pickles things. Somebody or parts of somebody is definitely getting pickled. Okay. I, def- I had the idea of like, wow, there's a lot of pickled stuff here. This is going to come back in some way. But I yeah. didn't connect it that, that you know, it was going to be a person. <laughs> and yeah. you are totally right. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I guess. So what happens then? Is this so he comes home basically Oh you you're introduced to Julia at well at the basketball game because she's the photographer for the team, I guess, or the school yeah. paper or something. Yeah. The his girlfriend Julie. Yeah. You basically just you know, meet a lot of characters in this scene. You meet the bully, you meet the coach who we mentioned earlier, and coach calls Billy to his office and ends up telling him that he has a shot at a scholarship to play basketball yeah at at denver or something and he says there's going to be a scout at the next game which is like tomorrow or something so he's really pumped obviously he goes home to tell aunt cheryl thinking that she'll be pumped and she is not pumped because she doesn't want him to leave not at all um and this is where we first kind of begin to see how obsessed she is with him and like she doesn't want to let him leave she says something about like, but we got that job lined up for you next year. And they never mm-hmm. mention what the job is. Yeah. But like, so Aunt Cheryl has just assumed that Billy's not going to college. He's not going anywhere. And he's going to yeah. stay at home. <laughs> and this is where I wrote down one of the, you know, most, I guess, wild lines of the movie is where she's like trying to talk him out of going to college. And she says, college is for rich kids and people with brains. You wouldn't fit in there. It's like, yeah. wow, holy shit. Like, <laughs> just, just insulting him. Mm-hmm. And she does that a lot. Yeah. It's really shitty. She's so shitty. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, it's like classic abuse where, you know, and then later yeah. on in this scene, she like, things get heated. She says he's not leaving. He says he is. And she just like slaps him right in the face. And at this point, yeah. I'm like, is this normal for them? Like, what is happening? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just very uncomfortable. Yeah. They go to bed upset you know ostensibly and then in the morning she comes in to wake him up again and she's got like a birthday card and she wants mm-hmm. to make it up to him and she says you know i'm sorry and of course you know i'll support you and i'm excited for you and he goes like oh that's so nice thanks great right my immediate thought was as soon as she says good luck with the scholarship i was like she's going to secretly sabotage the scholarship because like yep of course she is so then she mentions something about 
I got to call the repairman for the TV, the TV mm-hmm. repairman. Right. Um, and Billy goes to school. <laughs> and this scene uh, was super interesting. And I actually had a, a, a question when I was watching this about. So Billy's at school. Mm-hmm. TV repairman comes over. Right. Fixes the TV or whatever. Yes. And then he's about to leave. And Aunt Cheryl, you know, comes on to him and is like, hey, let's fuck. And he's like, no, I'm good. And he goes to try and leave. And it escalates into Aunt Cheryl eventually killing him mm-hmm. um, in a very lame way. All of the kills in this movie are super lame to me. Um, she stabs him. And then, like, so I was wondering with this scene, like, was she genuinely trying to, like, quote unquote move forward and like start a normal relationship was she actually interested in like hooking up with the tv repair guy and then maybe if that had happened everything would have kind of taken a different path and been totally normal yeah i wasn't sure either watching it at one point i went to you know to wikipedia uh just to try and like you know remember what was happening when i i watched the movie like basically in two parts so i was like okay gotta remember what was happening and according to the Wikipedia <laughs> description of the plot, she only interacts with this guy at all to try and get him to attack her so that Billy will save her. And I think it just, she lost control and killed the guy herself. It seems to be what Wikipedia, at least, is positing as what's going on in the scene. That's, oh my God, that's so convoluted. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, on, on a certain level, it makes sense because she's like, <laughs> she says, I'll let you do anything you want to me. And he's like, OK. And he unzips his pants and then she slaps him in the face. And I was like, I thought that's what you wanted. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> so, yeah. And I guess I guess the goal is always to get Billy to stay. Yeah. So she wants she wants him to feel like she needs him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's it. Yeah. And it. it it does happen. Billy, you know, sees kind of the very end of the, she's already stabbed him. He's already Mm -hmm. dead. And Billy like sees through the kitchen window and like runs in and is like, what happened? And she immediately is like, he tried to rape me. So I had to murder him. Mm -hmm. Um, And Billy, of course, you know, takes her side and is like, Oh my God. Right. And, and he pulls the knife out (laughs) and is holding it forever. Pulls the knife out. Yeah, and then this is where Marjorie comes back over, and this is where I wrote down that she's fucking crazier than the aunt is because she sees that the house is unlocked and just walks right in. <laughs> like, she knocks yep. on the door, no one answers. She just opens it and walks in like, hello? And she does this again later, and I'm like, who are you? What What are you doing? You don't do that. Yeah. It's crazy. She, she's such a strange character, and their relationship is never established. She's just there. Yeah. Anyways, um, at least she's there. She calls the police. Yeah cops come and this is where i start getting mad this is where i start fucking hating this movie <laughs> yeah okay the co- i just so the cops come mm-hmm. the lieutenant who's like clearly the guy in charge or whatever is immediately the biggest piece of shit you'll ever see on screen he's yeah. horrible and he doesn't believe anything that anyone is saying i i actually kind of like almost liked him at first because of that because he isn't buying this like dumb rape story that the aunt is putting out 
Well, it 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 was weird because I was I was I was kind of trying to because obviously we have seen the movie. Yeah. We know that she killed this dude in cold blood, mm-hmm. but it's a really shitty reaction in the universe of the movie mm-hmm. for yeah, this police true, officer yes. to have, where he immediately is just like, nah, "I don't believe you." Yeah, don't believe you, and he says it to her to her face. He's like, "Nah, he wasn't <laughs> trying to rape you." Nope. Yeah, it's just like, why do you think that? Why is that your default? Yeah, I mean, you know, even if, just everything he does, like, constantly makes him seem like a shittier dude, like throughout the movie. Yeah, I also started taking notes of some particularly insane lines at this part, like when the cops are talking about the dude, right? When they find his body, they're like. They say something about because they know that the story is right, that he was trying to rape her. Mm-hmm. And one of the cops is like, uh uh-huh, poor guy didn't even get his pecker up. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's really appropriate. And this crime scene. Yeah. That was a weird. I thought in my mind, that was almost like an evidence line. Like he, I thought they said out, like he didn't even get his pecker out. One of the two. Yeah. I don't know. And they're like, maybe that means nothing happened. At another point later in the scene, he says some. He says he touched your booby. Dude, I wrote that down. He like, uses the word booby. What the fuck? And he has this like it's sort so of insane. southern accent. He's like, now you said he touched your booby. Right. He touched it's your like, booby. Oh, it's so crazy. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. So you know he doesn't believe anybody. Whatever. He thinks something's up with the aunt. But the cops just leave, I guess, because it cuts to the next morning. Yeah. And he thinks something is up with Billy as well. Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't like get brought up in this scene, but he's like really suspicious of Billy too. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So, so the next day. Yeah. There's so much like. Go right to the basketball practice. There's, well, no, there, I mean, there's so many dumb details that like end up mattering later that I feel like we have to say, like, you know, he comes home, his aunt's burning stuff. Uh, I'm just gonna like almost basically read my notes. She's gonna renovate the attic for him to stay in. Uh, so he goes up into the attic and he finds like an old box of her stuff and finds a photo of some guy. And he's like, Who's this guy? And she's like, Oh, it uh, was your mom's uh, boyfriend or something like that. He's like, Okay. And you know, who cares? Except it comes back later. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a boring scene at the time. So I feel like I feel like there's a distinct lack of narrative drive in this movie because they don't know ways to get these details out other than in boring, pointless scenes like this. Mm-hmm. And it just made it feel like such a slog to me at only 90 minutes. It was oh, just yeah. like another like, <laughs> and it didn't help that the, you know, this is a horror movie, I guess, but it didn't help that the horror set pieces were not that good. Like the kill of the TV repairman was just really lame. Yeah. Just really lame to okay. me. I wasn't a huge fan of that one, but I, I think I like the ending sequence more than you did, but we can get to that when yeah. we come to it. Yeah. Um, so now is the basketball practice you were talking about. Right. So the Lieutenant just shows up at school. Mm-hmm. And this is this is another example of like this detail makes no sense the way that the cop came to the uh, unless this town that they live in must be 
the smallest town ever. <laughs> what? You mean where no two people share initials? No, no one shares initials. The cop comes <laughs> up to the uh, coach of the basketball team and he says, hey, did you hear about, you know, what's his name is dead. And I found this ring on him. He was wearing this ring. And on the inside of the ring, it says from I don't remember what the initials were, but it yeah. was like from yada yada to yada yada. And the coach was like, yeah. And he goes, those are your initials. This is from you to him. And immediately the coach is just like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Like he doesn't he doesn't try to hide it at all. He's just like, yeah, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's the 80s. And so being gay becomes a big, horrible uh, crux of like this entire movie. So okay. coach is gay. I feel like... Uh... I feel like I, I saw this almost in a different way than you did. So you, you felt like that was a negative yeah. thing of the movie? Not not, as, not that the movie had an agenda that was anti-gay, but just that it was such a like heavy theme of the movie mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like was justified. I didn't feel like okay. it really... M- I mean, made any sense with the central plot line <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't affect the plot almost at all yeah but i i feel like i don't know i almost appreciated it in a way of where like you have the coach and he's gay but you know he's also just a totally normal dude where i feel like you know we see that a lot today but i feel like in the 80s that was probably and i read too that like this movie was kind of notable for having like you know a gay character who was just like a guy also yeah, I get what you mean. So I, you know, I appreciate it in that way. Like he's not, he's not like the gay coach. He's just like the coach. Yeah. And he's, he's, just, he's like the nicest character in the movie. Pretty much. He's the, he's the only redeemable character in the whole movie. Yeah. I love him. I, you know, and obviously all the stuff that, uh, Carlson, the Lieutenant, like he's a horrible guy, but I, I don't necessarily yeah. think that, I mean, he gets his comeuppance in the end. So I don't think the movie agrees yeah, with for his sure. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think that either and I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just okay. saying like it just felt like unnecessary to you. It didn't it didn't feel earned. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um in any case, <laughs> uh, the next scene is the ant smashing down a wall in the shed. Oh wait, so we didn't we didn't say I guess that so the whole thing about the lieutenant approaching the coach in this way was to prove that the TV repair guy is gay. So there's no way that he was trying to rape Aunt Cheryl because bisexual people don't exist, I guess. Uh, right. Of course. And he's also trying to prove that what was really happening was Billy and the TV repair guy were like having a little fling and then Aunt Cheryl like caught them or so, or something like that mm-hmm. but he's trying to push that narrative now yeah so he's all on billy now yeah and this because is where, of the whole like, thing he becomes like not only an asshole but also a total idiot yeah because he just latches on to this mm-hmm. yeah and he, he uh, what i was gonna say is at least there's that other cop guy who's like kind of smart and figures out what's up yeah but again i i i do you know, I want to make sure I'm clear that I don't believe this is a homophobic film. I know that yeah. there's a difference between something that a character in a movie says and something that the movie says, mm-hmm. um, like as its central rhetoric. And I don't think that this movie is homophobic. Yeah. 
but boy, that that cop sure is. Oh boy, is he! I wrote, I also wrote down he refers to Billy at one point as your. He's talking to the coach, I think, and he's, he refers to your butt boy, Billy. Oh yeah, I remember That's that. Just so insane. Um, so Aunt Cheryl, as far as the plot goes, getting creepy. Yeah, she she has a shrine to a dead person who at first I thought was Billy's dad, and I was like, okay, so wait, was she jealous of you know her her sister with this guy, so yeah. she wanted to steal their kid, or what the fuck's up with this? I guess it's like nice that it's misleading in certain ways, but it also is like there's no way to know who this is. You're just like watching a scene of like, okay, she's in this shrine. Yeah. Who, there's no who? attachment to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a brief scene of her in the shrine and then a smart cop shows up at the house and she freaks out at him, which I guess puts him on the scent of like, oh, this lady's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's on the right track the entire movie and the lieutenant yeah. is just ignoring him, which I know is, is purposeful and makes the lieutenant even look even, you know, dumber. Mm-hmm. And it does. Yeah, I mean, we get basically all of the backstory through this other cop guy. <laughs> yeah, like he he's like, oh, the brakes were cut on their car. Oh, she was suspicion for it. Oh, she had this other boyfriend guy. <laughs> like, he's finding out the plot of the movie for us because the movie doesn't want to show us. Yeah, and then the lieutenant guy just goes, "I don't care. They're he's gay. There's I gays know it. out there. Them them gays are up to it again." I mean, there's also a scene. I, this I guess is later, but there's also a scene where he has like, uh, I guess like a Mexican guy or something that he's like speaking Spanish to and like putting oh, a gun yeah. in his face just in the police station, like ah, yeah. tell me whatever. It's like holy shit. Yeah, it's insane. This is also where, and I don't remember why I took this note, but I just I took a note that that the kid who plays Billy is just is really terrible. <laughs> Billy is a terrible character. Yeah. He has no personality traits. Yeah. Zero. There is nothing to him. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible, like, he's a terrible, like, self-insert for this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's constantly just doing what other people tell him to, which I guess might be a, a, a consequence of yeah. his relationship with his aunt. Yeah. He does defend the coach, though, which I thought was nice. When other people are like, you know. That's true. You know, talking about him being gay and stuff. Uh, yeah. fuck there's so much like dumb shit that happens um, I know is this when this is when Julie comes over right and they're having sex oh wait no first the cop you know uh, confronts Julie right okay and the cop yeah and he's like did you yeah. ever make so it so the lieutenant shows up at Julie's house yeah and he's asking Julie he's like you and Billy, you know, you, you're serious? You've been going together for a long time? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, have you had sex? And she's like, that's none of your business. And he's like, I know he's gay. And she's like, no, he's not. And that's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and then, and I think it is implied that they have done it before then. You think so? Because, you know, he, yeah, I think so. Because he's got a condom in his wallet at the beginning oh, or whatever. true, yeah. Okay. And then also... And this is so the next scene is like Julie comes over because Aunt Cheryl is like out of town or something that Mm -hmm. night. And so Julie and Billy are alone and they're having sex and she brings it up. She says, you know, the lieutenant came and confronted me today and he asked if 
we have sex and Billy's like, what did you tell him? And she goes, I said it was none of his business. But then she goes, but also, you know, I was wondering, and I think the way she worded it was like, why haven't we done it more? Which made me think like, oh, I guess they have had sex. It's a very specific like syntax detail, but something that I, that pinged for me. Okay. Yeah. I guess I only heard, why haven't we done it? (laughs) But you know, obviously the aunt is unhappy. She's like, he said she was like out of town or somewhere and then she just shows back up. So is she lying to him about that too? I don't know. And this was also one of the scenes. This is one of the scenes that pissed me off the most because it's got a very classic like Friday the 13th POV killer sequence Mm -hmm. where, you know, Billy and Julie are doing it in the house. And then we've got the POV outside the house and approaching the house. And you're like, Oh, it's aunt Cheryl. She's going to come in you know shit's gonna turn on she's gonna murder julie it's finally gonna get you know interesting yeah and then that doesn't fucking happen instead what happens is very mostly just normal and cheryl comes in and is like you'll get out of here yeah julie's like okay it's a very strange movie structure wise i think because yeah like you i was expecting you know more murders i was expecting it to be a slasher yeah by the poster by the name yeah definitely but there's really only one that matters i guess until like the very like last 10 minutes right it's it's more, much more of like a i don't know like a strange uh, thriller i guess of you know you know this person is crazy but they're not really doing anything like bad or yeah i mean she is but it's like she's so under the radar and just i don't know it's weird Anyways, so, you know, she kicks her out because they're having sex and the cop is there and he, I guess, knew that they were having sex. And he's like, don't Mm -hmm. worry, this is good for Billy's case. Uh, The case of proving that he's not gay, I guess. Right. Which is the case now. Yeah. And then the the other cop like goes and he's like, hey, I just caught them having sex. And Carlson's like, I don't care. Doesn't care. And now, like in the next couple of sequences, we get we get a bunch of shit like all at once we start to get a lot of stuff all mm-hmm. at once a lot of details which is basically that so like it's time for the big game right right uh the big game is the next day and aunt cheryl obviously is gonna fuck this up any way she can and she very conspicuously right before billy's about to go to the game she's like i made you milk and cookies drink the milk mm-hmm. and it's like oh, okay she poisoned yeah. that shit for sure yeah she like puts a little eyedropper of something in there. Yeah. Goes to the game. His vision gets all fuzzy. He gets all faint and he passes out. So his scholarship is ostensibly, you know, messed up. And mm-hmm. he wakes up the next day and he's in the attic, mm-hmm. which right. is, you know, Aunt Cheryl mentions earlier that she's converting into like a little yeah. apartment, quote unquote, for him. And he's like, oh, what happened? And she's like, you fell and hit your head. Mm hmm. And then he's like, what time is it? I got to get to school. And she's like, you don't have to go to school anymore. Have you learned enough? And then she says, besides, it's full yep. of perverts. You should stay here and I'll teach you things. Yep. Like, uh, that sounds like a pretty perverted thing to say. Yep. It's awful. So that happens. And uh, s- s- for some reason, Aunt Cheryl has the box up there, right? 
mm-hmm. the box of all the yeah. secret stuff. Well, because she she shows him the charm bracelet that his dad gave to his mom, uh-huh. and he I guess doesn't want it, or she puts it back in the box. But then he he like glances in the box and sees that there's other stuff in there. Yeah. So while she's downstairs poisoning his milk, uh, he goes into her room to like look through the box. Yeah. And it, it was at this point at the movie that I noticed, and this never really is explained or matters, but there is a lot of Jesus in this lady's house. Yeah, there is. Especially in her room. Yeah, and it's very conspicuous too. There's like tracking shots that will like start and end on really religious uh, mm-hmm. iconography and stuff. There was one point where it's like there's a shot of the box in the foreground and Billy in the background and there's a, a cross right next to the box and then it rack focuses to him and there's a cross right next to him also. I was yeah. like, am I, is this going to come back or matter at all? Nope. No, she's just, you know, normal crazy, not religious crazy. Yeah. So he comes up. Uh, oh, yeah. He's snooping in the box and Aunt Cheryl catches him and gets real pissed. So he's obviously suspicious. He's like, what's in this box that she doesn't want me to find? Mm -hmm. So he gets Julie to help him out. And I literally wrote, I took a note. You're going to fucking get Julie killed. Yeah. The dumbest plan. Yeah. Because remember, Aunt Cheryl is obviously furious at Julie. Hates her Mm -hmm. because she just caught her doing it with Billy. Yeah. So Billy's like, you go in and distract her. And I'm going to go upstairs and look in the box. Yeah. And Julie's like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And he's like, it's fine. And she shows up and the aunt immediately starts screaming at her naturally. Like, what else do you think yes, was going to happen? Right away. Uh, oh, and at this point, I forgot to mention, she she also uh, has cut her hair really short. Uh, so, so that she looks totally oh, like yeah. disheveled and she's like dirty from going to the shrine all yeah. the time. Uh, she just is looking like if, if I saw her, I'd be like, we need to call the cops. Yeah. Aunt Cheryl, that is, has cut her hair. Yes. Yeah. And it never really, I guess it's just to show that, like, she's losing it. Mm -hmm. She's, like, unraveling. Yeah. So, obviously, she goes to uh, kill Julie in this scene Mm -hmm. um, with a meat tenderizer. And guess what? You don't get to see it. It's real disappointing. The door, though. It's behind a fucking fridge door. (laughs) It's so annoying. Yeah. So another really disappointing kill. Uh, or is it a kill? Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then she, I guess, just like drags the body out to the back or somewhere. Right. And then who shows up? That's right. It's the nosy neighbor. Yeah. Uh, just Marjorie. walks in again and then starts making herself some coffee. Yep. Like, why? I thought that Margie was going to use the poisoned milk in her Dude, coffee. I did too. Die that way. <laughs> I really, really wanted that to happen. Yeah. They, they are... I think they did that on purpose. Like they're really leaning towards that, but yeah, no, she just like has a chat is like, Oh, you got a new haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, Billy wakes up and like gives him some more milk. She's totally losing it. And this is where the Margie, the, the neighbor lady kind of becomes the hero of the movie for a while. For a second. Yeah. A it never way. amounts to anything, which is annoying, but like, it's, it's weird. Because Aunt Cheryl goes up to the bedroom where, like, where Billy is. And Margie goes, too? Like, Margie's there, too? Yeah. And then Aunt Cheryl's like, you gotta you gotta go. Get out of here. And she goes, okay. But then she kind of waits in the hall and listens and overhears. Mm-hmm. Is this where the mom stuff comes up? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It gets cut off by the phone, so you don't hear all of it, but it starts here. Yeah. So Aunt Cheryl confesses that Billy, and this is like the big twist of the movie, that Billy is her son because the guy that she has the shrine to, the guy that she's, uh, you know, was obsessed with, he is his, is Billy's father. But after they had the baby, I guess, the guy was like going to leave. He was going to leave her. Right. And she, she, instead of raising him on her own, she gave him to her sister and her wife. Or I mean, her husband. Right. At least that's yes. what she says at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So Billy's kind of like, what the hell? He's so, you know, he's obviously processing all of this. And he's like totally drugged out too. So, yes. Right. Yes. And then at this point, the, the aunt or the mom, I guess, not the aunt, is, is basically like pouring the milk on his face and like forcing him to drink it. Yeah. It's really bizarre. And also like kissing him. Yeah, I wrote this she down. Ki- this is the first scene where she kisses him on the lips. Mm-hmm. And she licks his neck. And that was even worse to me. Yep. Uh-huh. He's, his face and neck are covered in milk and she licks it up. Mm-hmm. Right after the revelation that she is his mom. It's awful. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. But then she goes back out to the shrine, which, you know, we have figured out now is Chuck's shrine. Chuck is... Billy's father and his skeleton is in there. <laughs> so she killed him. Yep. And not only is his skeleton, and what in there, else? But a preserved head in a jar. Uh, the pickling. She pickled it. Yeah. yeah. Which I enjoyed that reveal. Yeah. That was my favorite reveal. <laughs> oh, and then Julie is also in there, I think. Uh, but you don't see her yeah, in that scene. She's somewhere. Oh, no, you do. Julie wakes up. That's why you see that. Okay. I thought the aunt went back there, but no. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So Julie wakes up and yeah. sees all this. Yes. Julie wakes up in in the shrine and sees all this. Oh, my God. Okay. This is where I, I start really liking this movie, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, things definitely pick up right here. And this is like where we're at right now. There's like eight minutes of the movie left. Mm-hmm. And things yeah. really kick so up right here. The neighbor lady leaves and... Well, okay, so all of a sudden there's like this big forest by their house somehow. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but neighbor lady is like going to, I think she is going to get help. Yeah, it seems like it. But she's being stalked by the ant who is making those same cat sounds, and it was pretty creepy. Yeah. And then like she shines the light, and you see the ant, and she has a machete. Yep. And like it's a good jump scare, I feel like. Like the ant looks like she's making these crazy faces she's a a scary character at this point and i feel like it's an effective scene i feel like this these two with her chasing the neighbor lady and her chasing julie around i it feels like it's from maybe a different movie (laughs) i i i think it's uh i think it's okay but i i don't know if this is me being like spoiled with modern horror films or what but i still just thought like, yes, there were some good startling moments and some of the scares were okay, but I still mm-hmm. thought all of the kills were just kind of lame and just kind of like Margie, uh, the the mom, Cheryl, like jumps out and like slashes her in the stomach with this machete. 
And yeah. she just dies right away. She's, She's just to. dead. But there's the, it's I don't know. I mean, I think this is just like uh, the consequence of there's probably a pretty low budget for the movie. Yeah. So they couldn't really do a lot of effects. But um, anyways, she, so she, she kills Margie. Uh, Julie breaks the window to escape the shed, which causes the ant to notice her. And then she goes back into the shed, uh, but the ant is already in there. And then Smart Cop shows up. And I was like, all right, awesome. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I shouldn't have gotten excited. Because he promptly gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, the only effect of the movie is his hand getting cut off. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yep. So Cheryl murders him. And she's still, like, got Julie, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't even... I don't even really remember how this wraps yeah. up. So what? So I'll just sort of like run through it real quick. Julie, yeah, throws a rope at the ant who drops the machete. Julie grabs the machete. The ant grabs an axe, and they are chasing each other around. Yes, the ant is chasing her. Right. Billy starts to come to at this point, uh, but he's still like stumbling around. The chase of ant and Julie ends in some water, uh, somewhere, and they like you know try to drown each other, but then the ant just like hits her in the face with a rock, and I guess she's you know knocked out for a while. Because she doesn't really appear until the very end. Yeah. And then we have the main confrontation of Billy and his aunt mother. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, Billy ends up stabbing her. Mm-hmm. And then she's back for like a hot second and then he just stabs her again. Uh, but this and then this is a fucking insane decision when Billy, you know, all this is over. Cheryl's dead. Billy calls the basketball coach. Yep. Instead of the fucking calls police. The Ostensibly, I guess because, you know, the police lieutenant is such a lunatic and like terrible, yeah. you know, dude. I mean, it's understandable. But I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would have <laughs> done because the, the lieutenant is awful. But like, so he calls coach. Coach comes over. To his credit, because he's such a great guy to like try and he's, help. He's awesome. But then the fucking cops show up anyway. Yeah, the cops somehow get there, uh, but they don't go inside. They're just outside. They're like, oh, we found these dead bodies. And then Carlson's like, I'm going to go into the house. Yeah. And he gets in. He sees the aunt dead. He sees Billy there. He sees the coach sort of like, you know, tending to Billy's wounds. And then he's like, you know, his Dumb, he's this like in his mind proves his dumb theory he's like oh you got rid of the ants so that you two could be together or whatever yeah so he's like about to and he literally just them. goes to shoot him yeah yeah but i don't even remember. i stopped taking notes at this point because i was kind of into the scene yeah uh mainly because billy is able to get the gun somehow and blasts carlson away yes he just, does like, shoots him a bunch and it was great and <laughs> you see like you don't see a lot of you know, good gore, but you see some squibs and you see like his clothes blowing. And to me, it, it was like, had a good punch to it where it's like, Pfft. yeah. And he's like, you know, just getting blown away and it's great. Yeah. It was satisfying to see that, but I, that whole plot line just made so little sense to me. I would have liked the movie a good deal more if I don't know. I don't, cause it doesn't, <laughs> He really doesn't impact the plot very much. He really doesn't. Yeah. You know? I mean, the story is about 
this this lady with this sort of like incestuous, I guess, reverse Oedipus complex yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That's the story. And then also there's this cop. Yeah. Who's a total asshole. And, yeah. you know, why? But I did enjoy the strange ending titles like we're watching Animal House or some shit. That made me so mad. Where it's like, Billy was found not guilty on grounds of temporary insanity. Yep. And now he's studying in, you know, Denver. Yeah, with Julie. He, him and Julie are still together. Yeah, I hated that because it was literally just like, it's it's just lazy. It's like, these are two more narrative beats that we wanted to, you know, convey. But we didn't want to fucking shoot them. So mm-hmm. here's some titles. Yeah, the ending was fine just on them, like the freeze frame on their faces. You didn't, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. It's like it's almost better to have this sort of dark ending where you're like, oh, is he going to get arrested for yeah. defending himself? Or I don't know. So that's, I guess, uh, what is the long name of this movie? Butcher, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. I think. It's called that for no discernible reason. Nope. It would have been so. So a lot of people love this movie. Uh, I, as you guys can tell, I I was not a fan of this movie. Zach, it seems like you were definitely more than me. But what's like yes. your overall kind of? <laughs> I think I would say that I enjoyed it more than I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I agree with a lot of the problems that you had, but I felt like. There was enough, I guess, sort of like intrigue in a way, and the the ant character's uh, performance was mm, I don't want to say captivating, but it was it was strange in a way that kept me interested. And then I, you know, enjoyed the the final sequence in its entirety, basically. Yeah. So I would I would say I enjoyed it. It's not like the best movie ever. Uh, I I had a thought while we were discussing it actually. This is just like, I guess, a side recommendation. If anyone or you yourself, I guess, want to see mm-hmm. a movie that is like sort of similar to this in certain ways, uh, not to spoil it, I would watch Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Because okay. that is a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, I think I would have liked it a good deal more if, uh, number one, if the character of Billy was just had more going on. Um, cause he really, he really has no personality traits. He is, he is nothing. Mm-hmm. He is nothing of a character. Yeah. And also just if the, I, it, it feels like, and I think I mentioned this before, the universe in which this movie exists does not feel weighty enough to support the themes that they are trying to address. Okay. So I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it was just like the, plot about the aunt mom right without like the cop because like you know just pick a lane yeah that's what i feel yeah. pick a lane yeah so anyways so that's a uh 50 50 recommendation for the first time i think yeah from broke box office uh what do we got uh what do we got for next week next week let me look at my list real quick i'll edit this part out <laughs> um so Next week, I'm going to do something a little bit different, uh, just to mix it up. There's going to be an animated movie that I've been wanting to watch for a while called Wizards. 
from 1977. Ooh. Directed by Ralph Bakshi. Wizards. Yes. Um, and that sounds dope. Yeah. From what I remember, it's there should be several on YouTube. So, nah. So if you want to follow along a little easier next week, if you want to like know what we're talking about, <laughs> find some time, go on YouTube, check out Wizards from 1977, and then uh, come listen to us chat about it and yeah. the production and why you can watch it for free and everything next week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? I guess so. That, right? <laughs> yeah. We need to tell, we need to tell people shit. Smash like, that like button. Subscribe and like smash it and rate and review. That's a thing for podcasts, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell your friends at the very least spread the word. Yes. Uh, and uh, thanks guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Audience. Was that a fart noise? <laughs> nope.